My former life caught up with me at a party on P Street in the shape of a man I never wanted to see again. His name was Holtz, and he entered the room as if he owned it. Tuxedo, pleated dress shirt, malachite studs, patent leather shoes. He looked more like a successful plastic surgeon than what he really was. One of those curious public servants whose trade is secret, violent, and thankless. When our eyes met for a brief instant, his eyebrows made a little jump, as if signaling, Ah, there you are. It's curious how an almost imperceptible jump of the eyebrows can disturb one's inner peace. He'd come for me, I thought. It was an odd intuition. Definite. I turned toward the back of the house, and for a brief moment it was touch and go whether I'd quickly slip out the back door and go home. Then I told myself I needed to think things through. I mustn't be cowed by Holtz, mustn't let him spoil my evening. The fact is that I had been looking forward to the annual reunion of old Moscow hands. I enjoyed stepping back into my old life for a day. Anticipation itself was half the fun. Getting the old tuxedo from the plastic bag, putting on the ruffled white shirt, struggling with the bow tie and the gold cufflinks with my initials, a gift from Emily on my 35th birthday. In front of the mirror, I had looked the same as I used to, or so I told myself. Alcohol emboldens normally cautious people, or perhaps it was a bond we had, our shared experiences in Soviet Moscow that quickly washed the starch out of our collars and made us feel young again. I was quite shocked when my young, fourteen years younger, significant other announced last year she'd never attend another Moscow reunion. It's creepy, Jennifer had exclaimed, dismissing as boring our recycled Cold War tales. Rich old farts and has-beens talking gibberish. She'd suddenly reminded me just how much the world had changed. It was as if the new generations had the nerve circuits of their brains rewired to eliminate all memories of communism. Holtz's arrival changed the acoustics of the party. The hostess was uttering shrieks of delight and treated Holtz and his wife Jane with that special consideration reserved for persons of high rank. Other guests, some in dinner jackets and long dresses, others in smart casual, surrounded them and clinked glasses. I thought I'd make myself invisible, not like Claude Rains in The Invisible Man, more like playing the game we used to play as kids, a type of hide-and-seek called come to my den. Whenever you saw another kid first, you'd get a point. You'd win if you avoided being seen by others. The house seemed to offer lots of hiding places, its deceptively modest Georgian revival front on P Street concealed a structure of substantial proportions. I moved back to the sunroom. I guess that's what they called this recent addition, which was about as large as my Roslyn condo and had cathedral ceilings and a wall of glass with a view of a large deck and an outside swimming pool. 
Other walls were covered with paintings framed in gilt with little plaques to identify the artist and two oversized TV screens. It was a warm and humid spring night, and inside the house it was pleasantly cool. The barman poured me three fingers of amber vodka from a bottle kept in the freezer. It poured viscous like oil. Careful, Todd, darling, Maggie Dobbs materialized behind me, running a finger down my neck. She wore a flowing satin trouser suit, which offered a bird's-eye view down the highly revealing front. What's new in the world of chess? I thought the question was pointed, as if to remind me that after years of covering diplomatic and national security issues for the Washington Tribune, I was now in the lower depths of journalism, writing about chess. Perhaps I imagined this being overly sensitive to possible slights. Granted, chess was no longer as sexy as it used to be way back when Bobby Fischer taught commies a lesson and when 90% of New York bars had their television sets turned to the Fisher's match with Soviet champion Boris Spassky instead of to the baseball game. I remember New York Post reporters going from bar to bar to check. The score was 18 out of the 21 bars were turned to the chess, but with the days of Cold War competition over, chess was just a cerebral board game, and I enjoyed writing about it.